This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes this down. This one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the RJ Barrett does it again from downtown. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. Oh! It's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he there ties the game. Houston ducks under. Got it. All right, what's happening everybody? What is going on? I'm your host RJ Carbone for another episode here of BD4, episode 294 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Sunday, December 19th. Had to check there. As I am recording, as you are listening to this, it should be Monday, December 20th, unless you are a lazy bum and are listening to it later. I hope everybody's doing well on Sunday night, Monday night, whenever you're listening to this. Um, weekend went by quick, but that's because a lot was going on in the sports world. Um, today, just some Sunday night football. Just, just some Sunday football. Had a parlay down earlier. Which I may have been on track for, but the fact that the Giants couldn't cover the 14.5 spread right out the gate ruined everything else. So that happened. The Giants are just just terrible. Now, I don't know, you know, I'm not the biggest NFL fan. I consider myself more of a casual fan of the New York Giants. I do watch the games, but I don't really invest my time into them. Outside of just watching the games, like I will with the Yankees and the Knicks. But I mean, just from watching them, they they just they're they're just a bad team. They're just boring. They're very flat, and nothing they do really inspires any confidence. The quarterback situation is a joke. I don't think Daniel Jones is the guy, and you could I could have probably told you this back when they drafted him as a white kid from Duke. What's he doing as a quarterback for the Giants? I could have told you that. I don't think he's the guy. He's probably done, to be honest with you, at least for this season. But his Giants career may be up in air. You know, there's only a handful of games left. I think he's he's done. Because he got hurt. Um, but I don't know what they're going to do there. Barkley just hasn't looked the same. Is it because their offensive line is absolute garbage? Sure. That has to, you know, I'm sure that plays a role, but he just doesn't look the same agility-wise, power-wise, since he's returned from his big injury. I don't know, man. And I'm not going to let you. I know they have some decent receiving talent. You know, uh, I'm not sure. From what I hear, Galloway is always hurt, so he's not worth that contract. Um... I think people are falling out of love with Ingram, if they even were, ever. 
Shepard, you know, I, I've heard some good and bad things about him, but I just don't think it's 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 a very good team. I don't know too much about the New York defense, to be honest with you. But yeah, watching them tonight or earlier today, six points, another game. How many touchdowns has this team scored in the past three weeks? I feel like ever since I've been watching them, um, these past three weeks, rather, they just don't fucking score touchdowns. I don't remember the last time their offense scored a couple of touchdowns in a game. Six points today. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I don't think they scored a touchdown. Was It was like the game where what is it? Joe Judge, who's also getting a ton of heat, well, he, he elected to kick for a field goal at the very end of the game, and they missed. <laughs> and it wasn't even a close game, just for the fuck of it. It's like he wanted them to kick just so he could cover his spread, or he had something for fantasy. It was a weird decision. But yeah, they, they aren't scoring touchdowns. Their offense is garbage, and just a bad team. Um, Saturday, um, I spent a lot of time watching the, the final fight card of the year, the final card of the year for the UFC. It's always sad. I remember watching last year's final card. You know, but the good thing is, unlike every other sport, UFC is year round. So you know, the longest you're going to get is a break like this, where we're going to we're going to be without it for a couple of weeks. You know, late January is the next pay per view event. There may even be a few fight cards early January to mid January, but yeah, it's only a couple of weeks, so. I think like three or four weeks. But I spent my Saturday watching Vegas, was it Vegas 45, fight night 199. And it was a good card. It was a very good card. Uh, the prelims were pretty good. Didn't know a lot of those names, but they were pretty good to watch. Um, you know, I had a parlay going for that. The really good fight was was that um, it was some Brazilian chick against an American. Oh, man, was she Brazilian? Amanda Lima was fighting somebody that was that got the fight of the night. That was a good fight, but there was also another fight I had money on that I won. Um, man, I'm forgetting all these names now. But there are some really good prelims fight, prelim fights leading up to the main, the two main events. Of course I picked now to forget. There's a lot of finishes, a lot of knockout finishes. Um, but the, the, the couple of main events were very good. Um, I did not expect Stephen Wonderboy Thompson to be upset like he was. Against uh, Muhammad. Who's good. Very good. And they were talking to him in the press conference. In the in the, uh, the interview. In the octagon after. Calling out Usman. Calling out Leon Edwards. So he's hungry. He's not going to get that right away obviously. But he you know. He proved a lot of people wrong. Uh, I really had my money on Wonderboy. He was the favorite. Um, Wonder Boy was actually on the final card of 2020 as well because I do remember watching him and he won that one but he takes the loss here in his final fight of the year 
and then we get to the main event, which was also very, very good. Uh, Derek Lewis is a monster. Derek Lewis is a monster. And he gets the knockout against... Um... Now, Derek Lewis, he was actually the underdog going up against, and I might pronounce his name wrong, so excuse me if I do, Chris Dawkins, a former police officer. You know, Lewis made that joke about Rodney King heading into the fight, which I found pretty funny, but yeah, this dude's a monster. Another knockout victory. He now has, he's the knockout king. He's got the most knockouts in UFC history. And it was funny because they were, uh, who was a Bisping. Bisping was interviewing him after the fight. And um, he asked him, do you think you should get a title, a title shot now? Here in heavyweight, and he, you know, he's straight up. He was honest. You know, a lot of the guys like to have that bravado, and you know, they have that ego. They want to, you know, say something like an alpha male. He goes, "No, I don't want a title fight because I can't go all five. And I'm paraphrasing. It's like unless they change the rules to three rounds, there's no way I'm going all five. So he's straight up. And I mean, he don't he don't look like he's got the cardio for that shit. He's a big fucking dude. But I thought that was interesting. He knows where his limits are. But he is a monster. He is fun to watch. He's got power. And it was a hell of a year, man, for UFC. Just all in all. I had so much fun watching this. I mean... You know, for somebody who is pretty new to the game. You know, I hopped on during lockdown 2020. Didn't know much about anybody other than, you know, that Conor McGregor guy. <clears throat> Excuse me, that Conor McGregor guy. But now, I mean, I've got favorites. I've got guys I like to see lose. I've got, you know, I, I, I know so, I've learned so much about this thing just because I've been glued to it every single Saturday night. I bet on these things. Granted, I'm not very good. <laughs> but um, I do, you know, I, I, I am glued. And this, you know, I, 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 again, I'm new, fairly new. But I do know the history of UFC. And I do know a lot about what happened in the past. And you know, I know a lot of history. And a lot of people, not just me, people who actually have watched the sport are calling this year the best year the UFC's ever had and I wouldn't disagree I mean just the the amount of we got new champions we got people maintaining the belt we've got fighters coming on the up and ups decline of a lot of people some some good rebellion story I mean it was a really good year the pay-per-views were absolutely electric, and it felt like they got better at times. And the fight cards, you know, a lot of sleeper cards. There was very, there were very few duds, but there were so many fun storylines to watch. You know, you had Usman Covington. Usman just solidifying himself as probably the best pound for pound, pound for pound fighter in the game. Um. 
Izzy Adesanya had a hell of a year. Probably not too far behind. I gotta look at the rankings. But I'm sure he's right there. In terms of pound, pound for pound. You have the you know, Dustin Poirier story. Thankfully, he beat Connor twice. Got his money. Padded that resume a bit. And, you know, his future's kind of up in there. We don't know yet. But I actually think I saw something he posted on social media today. Kind of, It was kind of a good sign that he's ready to go back and make that title run again. So that's a positive sign if you're a Dustin fan. Um, and an Oliveira. Also solidifying himself as one of the best. He's on a hell of a run right now. I don't remember the last time he's lost a fight. One of my favorites, Thug Rose Nama Yunus. She's a beast. She might have won. Uh, she won Fighter of the Year. I think for women's. She beat, obviously, Weile twice. The first one was so emotional. It was so cool. The second one was more of a grind, but she got it done. Now she, uh, she's a champion. Obviously, we have the uh, Juliana Pena upset against Amanda. Maybe the greatest upset in UFC women's history. Maybe the greatest upset in UFC history. I mean, there are a lot of them. There are a lot of stunners. You know, you think back, GSP versus Michael Sarah. Uh, you got the Rousey, Holly Holm upset. You've got the Bisping one. Um, and there are a couple others, too. You know, even in combat sports, you know, look at Tyson. Who, who was he facing? Buster? Buster something? There's a big upset there. So there are a lot of them, but, but I mean, this one could go down as, as at least top three in combat sports. At the very worst, top three. You could, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked, you know, if this was labeled as, as the best upset. Because it was, I mean, it's Amanda Nunez, the lioness. She's the greatest woman fighter of all time. You know, you can rival Valentina in there, who's also one of my favorite fighters. Valentina is a monster. Gotta love Valentina. Shevchenko. She's probably right there. You can make a case that she's the best. And a lot of us want to see her and Amanda go at it for number three. Which could happen. But now that Juli uh, now that Juliana upset Amanda, who knows? Who knows what, what, what the future looks like for Nunes. But I love Valentina, man. She's a monster. She had a hell of a year. She's the I think she's actually the number one pound for pound fighter currently in women's MMA. Rightly so, with what she's done this year. Just a badass, a, a perfect she's the definition of a martial artist. My parents were actually watching that movie with her last night, Bruised. I might have to check that out. It's with her and uh, Halle Berry. We have the story of you know the first Mexican champion in UFC history, Brandon Moreno. Good storyline there. He's on one of the upcoming fight cards or, or pay-per-view events, rather. Conor McGregor's decline continues. You know, after that win against Cowboy in 2020 has not really done anything. So it's going to be something to follow in 2022 when he returns, who he faces. 
He wants Oliveira. It's going to be a money fight. You know, normally I would say he shouldn't get that, but you know, it's probably going to make the money. You never know. It's going to be a draw. The final pay-per-view of 2021 was the biggest T-Mobile draw in a non-Connor event. That's what Dana White said in the presser. Um, Jose Aldo showing he still got it, and that might even be an insult because he's still very dominant. Glover Teixeira showing he still got it. Champion of the light heavyweight. How old is this man? 36? Uh, I got to see the Diaz brothers fight this year. We saw the Lawler fight. We saw Nate Diaz versus Leon Edwards, and he was just taking hits, taking hits, and just staying in there. They're very exciting, win or lose. We have the John's, John Jones drama. You know, it's unfortunate. Uh, Masvidal had his ups and downs this year. We had the, the Petter Jan and Aljo Sterling fight, where Aljo is now the paper champ. Um, Vittori you know took that loss against Izzy but he bounced back against Paulo Costa at the end of the year one of my favorite fighters um, Cheyenne Bays or I think it's now Velismus hell of a last couple of fights for her good story for her she's gone through a lot but I'm glad for her. She's winning. She's getting paid. Gaethje Chandler fight was good. Gaethje's a monster, and he's probably the, the next one up to get Charles Oliveira. Chandler, you know, three fights into the UFC. He's only got one win, so he's got to... His next fight better be a win, man. We have the ortega Volkanovski storyline. The two uh, ultimate fighter fighters they finally fought and that was a crazy fight you know how, how Brian Ortega was getting his ass beat but he gets Volkanovski in that choke and it, somehow he the guy does not tap and he gets the win eventually it was a monster fight it's one of the greater fights of the year if not the I mean it was a monster fight it was a fun fight even though you knew who there was you know who you knew that Volkanovski was going to win the entire time just the fact that Ortega stayed in there and he almost pulled it off. Sugar Sean O'Malley on the up and ups. He had an electric year. One of the better fighters on the feet. You never see this guy go to the ground because he's always just dominating people on his feet. He's aggressive and he gets the knockout. Hopefully he gets some ranked fighters, some higher ranked fighters in 2022. Derek Lewis, we talked about him. Francis Ngannou. I mean, the guy's probably, again, talk about Usman, Izzy, the pound-for-pound pound guys. He's probably right there, top three. His greatness is amazing. He's he's so ripped. Dude. He's huge. And he's going to go against Cyril Gan in January on the 270 card. That's going to be a formal because, you know, the Ganu is big. Gon's got a lot of skills. 
So it's going to be really cool. It's going to be a banger. The whole card is going to be sick. Um, and I hope we see more Holly Holm in 2022. I hope we see more Misha Tate. Those two are also some of my favorite fighters to watch. I know a lot of people don't like Tate. I don't know why. But yeah, it was a hell of a year for the UFC. Um, I, I know we're dragging here. We're supposed to talk Knicks, so we're going to get to that. So let's head to break. When we get back, we'll, we'll, we'll talk Knicks Celtics. All right. Be right back. Hey, guys. So I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch the podcast on YouTube are actually subscribed. So make sure the next time you go to BD4 on YouTube, if you feel like subscribing, do it. This way, it'll help the channel grow, reach out to more audiences, more Knicks fans out there, more Yankees fans out there, MMA fans, sports fans in general. Just whenever you watch BD4 on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to help us grow. So if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone. And I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone. <clears throat> All right. So episode 294 of the podcast tonight, I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Welcome to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. The Knicks played last night against the Boston Celtics, and they took the 115-107 loss at TD Garden, the fake garden. Knicks obviously without a whole bunch of players. They were without six players to China Protocol. Barrett, Grimes, Toppin, Knox, Quickly, and McBride all sat out with COVID. And then a seventh player missing in Derrick Rose sitting out with a sore right ankle. So, you had Kemba Walker rising from the undergrounds from six feet under. Climbing out and getting the start. And maybe to Tom Thibodeau's unfortune goes out and makes a statement for 29 points, five three pointers on 11 attempts, six rebounds, three assists. Kemba has a big night. Fournier also going. He had 32 points to lead the squad. He shot 13 for 24. Five rebounds, three assists, two steals, one block. So it was nice to see both of our off-season acquisitions put up in the same game. Right? For a change. We don't get that much. We haven't gotten that much at all. In fact, in 19 games together with Fournier and Walker, this was just the third time where each scored 15-plus. So, yeah, it was good to see them two going. Uh, the first half of this one, the Knicks offense picked it up later on. You know, Kemba 
was obviously establishing himself early. Fournier had 17 of his 30 of his 32 in the first half. But the Knicks were having issues stopping Tatum, stopping Brown, and when the Knicks started sending doubles onto those two, it was guys like Peyton Pritchard, who had 16 points, just canning open three-pointers. Especially in that second quarter. I counted at least three from him. Knicks enter the third quarter down 15 points. But that's when they made their big push. A huge, I think it was like a 17-2 run out the gate for New York. you got to credit their defense first and foremost because that's what led to this run. And it felt like last year for a moment where Nerlens Noel was leading us in the paint. He was just a menace down there, blocking shots, altering shots, forcing Boston into some terrible shot selection because of his defensive presence down there in the paint, leading to transition baskets. He had Walker running the offense still. He was doing a nice shot playmaking, but as I said, in transition, the Knicks were running. Kemba had that pull-up triple in transition that gave the Knicks the 70-67 to lead midway through the third. Boston had a call timeout. Fournier was scoring off the dribble. Randall, he was getting to the line. The Knicks outscored the Celtics 41-24 in the third quarter. But then the fourth quarter comes, and the Knicks run out of gas. Not enough depth. We get sloppy with like four or five turnovers in the second half of the fourth quarter. Shot clock, early shot clock bricks. Second chance opportunities for Boston. Robert Williams put up 15 and 8. Jason Richards, uh, Josh Richardson put up a big game. He couldn't be stopped late. He was killing us with his jump shooting. He scores 12 points in the fourth. It's always a random. It's always a random. He had 27 points off the bench to lead Boston. Always a random, man. Tatum and Brown combined for 48 points in the starting lineup. But, you know, in the end of the game, they had a shot, the Knicks did. They were in it, but who was it again? It was it was Julius Randle's garbage once again that hurt us. Let's just be blatant here. Those last couple of possessions from Julius, straight garbage. Straight up bricks. Really, just a shocker, right? He also had four turnovers. Not only did he shoot six for 19 to get his 20 points, he had four turnovers. Just killing the rhythm. Whenever he had those turnovers, it was the worst timing. But the two late possessions from him were just egregious. So much to a point where I'm not even going to really recap much else. I just want to talk about this briefly. And then we'll get into the episode because I have a couple of interviews. Or or I have a couple of guests coming on the show. And we're going to play that. Get to that in a few minutes. Where where, uh, I think it's my cousin Ant and I. And my buddy Leo from down the street. We're going to talk about some UFC, some of the boxing events that happened last night with Jake Paul. And uh, we'll get to that in a sec. But Randall's garbage hurt us. <laughs> and it's every fucking time. It's every time with this guy. And I'm getting tired of it. Who's not tired of this shit? Sorry, I've got the... I got the, uh, the wrong team. Obviously, it says Rockets on the screen. That's meant to say... Uh, Celtics, but if you're listening, it don't matter. Um, but yeah, he was bad. 
you know, he misses that open three-pointer. Where it's like three and a half minutes left in the game. The Knicks are down five points. He gets a wide open three. Completely misses it. Then, later on in the fourth, under with under a minute to play, you had Fournier getting that really big defensive stop. Then Randall goes ISO, and he chucks up another brick. And then Richardson kind of puts the cap on it on the other end. We can't keep doing this, man. We cannot keep doing this. I am so tired of it. Julius Randle, time and time again, proves he's not a crunch time player. He's not. He's a fraud when it counts. Let's be honest. He showed it to us last season, all of last season. Missing clutch shot after clutch shot. He showed it to us in the postseason, big time, with absolute duds against the Hawks. And he's showing it to us again. Whether that's missed shots, missed free throws, turnovers, whatever. We're seeing it in a variety of ways. And we're seeing it happen a ton of times. Enough times. Enough times to where we better start changing our game plan here. And whether that be late, it doesn't even have to be in the clutch. And I, you know, I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, or last episode, two, 293, talking about the Knicks and ATOs. There were two ATOs to, uh, last night against Boston where we reverted right away to Randall again, and it didn't work out. It should, why do we have to limit ourselves? Why do we put a limit? You know, why, why does it have to be Randall? If he continues to show he's not the guy, why does it have to be? Fournier had the hot hand, 32 points. He had 24 shot attempts. He was being featured all night. The Knicks were running plays for him. They were running through Fournier. He breaks, he, for all we know, for all Fournier knows, the Knicks play Boston every game for the rest of the year because <laughs> he kills them. But he was on fire. Right? He was on fire. In the third quarter, we scored the most points we've ever had in the quarter this year with 41 points. Randall didn't make a single field goal. So he has to recognize this. He has to recognize that, hey, other guys are hot. I have to be a leader here. You know, especially, it's more maddening because Julius was actually distributing all game. And it was working well. He was getting guys involved, and he was taking it to the paint. But all of a sudden now, late in the game, you want to you wanna go and be the hero again? No. It's not working. That game plan's got it's got to switch up. We cannot continue to do this. I was listening to another podcast for the Knicks, and they were saying how Randall... 40% on his open three-pointers last year. This year, wide open three-pointers, he's 20%. I'm just so tired of it, man. I'm so, so, so sick of it. It's the same generic offense. Everything has to be around Julius. Why can't we go to the hot hand? And so many times, too. It wasn't just Fournier last night. You know, How many times have we seen R.J. Barrett have a good game? But he doesn't really get that possession late in the game because it has to go to Randall. We have to isolate him. I'm so tired of it. I'm tired of Thibodeau's bullshit with him. I'm tired of Randall's bullshit. His disgusting attitude. His garbage body language. And I don't want to hear about referees. I don't care about the refs. So Randall's got to stop bitching. Thibodeau's got to stop bitching. I don't care. I don't care about the goaltend. Wally Zerbiak. 
I don't care. Stop. You haven't earned that respect if you're Randall, if you're the Knicks. You've got to stop worrying about officiating and go play your game. Because everybody deals with this shit. This is the human factor of the game. It's going to happen. Deal with it. You have so many moments where you can make up for it, and you haven't. I am sick of Julius Randle. I'm sick of it. And Tom Thibodeau, you know, he's got to step it up because his offensive rotations, his rotation right now is is not it. And he better hope, he better hope that when everybody gets healthy again, he finds, finds big time playing time for McBride, for Grimes, for Obi Toppin. Quickly. Those guys better get minutes because the way they've played before they all went down with the coronavirus, it is an absolute travesty to see them sitting on the bench all the time now. I mean, could you just imagine the shit that Thibodeau is going to take if, if everybody gets healthy and they go back to their bench rules? This team isn't going anywhere either. But even if you're the Knicks, you don't have that mentality of tanking just yet, right? You're 13 and 17, awful, but you're still in the in, in the thinking process of, okay, we still have a chance to win. You still think about it. You watch these games. When do you, we usually go on these runs? It's when we're playing fast, when we're running the break, and the ball is moving, and players are moving. But when does that happen? That usually happens when the younger, more athletic unit is on the floor, right? When the bench is on the floor, when the kids are taking the floor. Take note of it. Watch it. I'm sure the eye test is there, but I'm sure it's on the stat sheets too. Play the kids. Not everything has to be Julius Randle playing point forward. He's not LeBron James. He's not. He played over his head last year. He's obviously not the player we all thought he was. We've got to stop it. Because as soon as we... As soon... The moment that we finally accept the fact that Randle isn't that guy. It'll be better for everybody. We can finally run the offense through our guards. And it'll be a little bit better for everybody. But shout out to Kemba Walker. You know, he had a good game last night, man. He showed up with the 29 points. I don't know if that changes much when everybody gets healthy. I still have a feeling he's going to be bought out. Because the comments he's making, and he made another comment last night in the post game. Kind of tell you otherwise about his future here. Kind of tell you that he doesn't really... They asked him about it, and he's, and he's saying, I just want to play. So I'm thinking he's going to be bought out. Um. Ugh. And here's the thing. The whole thing about Kemba being benched, I, I've mentioned it before. Stop thinking with your freaking emotions. Scapegoat this, scapegoat that. We, we love that victim mentality, don't we? We love a good victim story. It just, it's the younger Nick fans. They've got this beta mentality. All of you guys. You love a scapegoat. You did the same shit with Fizdale. It was a joke. He wasn't playing well. His defense, he's too small, man. You see him try to go around a screen. You put him in a pick and roll. He has no clue what he's doing. He wasn't going out hard enough on his closeouts. Screwing up on rotations. I mean, he wasn't playing well. Let's be honest. The offense was not the same. It wasn't good. Damn not 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 damn near good enough to, to mitigate those defensive deficiencies. I mean, he was not playing well. He was not scapegoated. He was benched because he was not playing well. And, the, and Thibodeau, an NBA coach, tried to do what an NBA coach would do. Tried to shake things up. And, all right, let's see if we can get a different look in there. And 
you, you get what you pay for. You paid eight million, so it's not like you were kicking a, a you know a thirty points per game prime scorer getting superstar money out of the rotation. No, no. Kemba Walker at his at his you know decline, getting paid eight million, got benched. That's it. So it was good to see him play well last night. I don't know that I expect that going forward. Okay. He's no scapegoat, so I don't give a shit what Jamal Crawford has to say on Twitter. I don't give a shit if some Knicks fan is going to tell you he's a scapegoat. It's, it's. I don't think. Just stop thinking with your emotions for once. We got to stop thinking with our emotions. Stop playing the victim game. He wasn't playing good basketball when he got benched, and the majority of Knicks fans were on board with the benching. But now all of a sudden, they want to call this guy a scapegoat. He had a good game. I'm proud of him. I'm happy for him. He's a good dude. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend that he should never have been benched. That it was some it was some abominable act by by Tom Thibodeau. Right? I've been on Thibodeau's ass all year. I don't think he's done a great job this year. But I, but the whole Kemba shit is it's, it's gotten too much to me. It's just it's, it's like let's calm down. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount, $7.99 a month, to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, $7.99 a month. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while its mildew and water resistant properties ensure years worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Bocker blog that you use promo code 6A2841ERJC. 6A2841ERJC. Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab, searching the Bomber Bocker blog. And there you have it.
So, oops. Right, real quick, before I uh, get you guys to this episode and where uh, Anthony, Leo, and I discussed UFC and, and boxing with everything that happened last night, um, there are these Eric Gordon trade rumors going on. I don't know how concrete they are. I just read a couple of articles from a blog, so it might not have been legitimate news. But, you know, it's the case of a classic rebuilding team in the Houston Rockets looking to offload a veteran contract. Uh, Gordon turns 33 years old on Christmas Day. So, he's getting up there in age. No real, no real fit with the Rockets right now. Um, and, you know... <laughs> Apparently, uh, Derek Rose, when I was reading this article, was one of the Knicks who advocated for Eric Gordon back when he first got traded here in 2016. I was reading that they played AAU ball together in Chicago. Apparently one of the better backcourt duos in that AAU league. But he's, you know, apparently Derek Rose is currently also advocating for the Knicks to get him. I don't know how Again, true that is. But, you know, with Kemba Walker probably out the door, um, with Fournier's inconsistency, Randall's big drop-off, you know, this is possibly a good idea. I don't know. You know, technically the Knicks are, I think, top seven in three-point shooting in terms of makes, attempts, and, and percentage. But, you know, watching this team, it, it certainly wouldn't hurt if we had shooting, if you were to replace one of the dead weights, because the Knicks are bottom tier in scoring still. You know, they're still just 23rd in points per game. Uh, that may have, may have changed. Because these stats I read were entering this Boston game. But, you know, Gordon's a 48% shooter this year. He's 43% from three-point distance on 5.4 attempts. He's scoring about 15 points per game, three assists. Um, and I know heading into the Nick game on Thursday when they play the Rockets, he had a stretch where he scored 20 points in four or five games during that Houston hot stretch. So, you know, he could definitely provide some scoring, some shooting as a wing who could play the two and three. Um, but, you know, he is, you don't want him to take too much playing time away from the kids. He is 33 with some injury history. And that contract isn't exactly the best contract in the world. Right? But, um, you know, just, just something I thought I'd throw out there. He's owed, I think he's... So we'd have to pay the remainder of his $18 million this year. He's fully guaranteed next year to get $20 million. I think he's also owed $20 million, $21 million the year after that. But that's only with incentives. If the Knicks win a title or if he's an all-star. So, I don't think either of those are very much possible. Um, but, yeah. Just, you know, I just saw that rumor and thought I'd give my thoughts on it. But, um, that's it. That's it. We're going to get to the episode where, where I discuss UFC with my buddy Anthony. Or my cousin Anthony and my buddy Leo. Talk about UFC. Um, the year it had. And... We'll probably also touch on the boxing events that took place last night. So, 
we're going to get to that. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, first, let's head to break. Then we'll wrap it up with the NYY, NYK question of the day. Be right back. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks and L's. All right. So last time out for the NYY NYK question of the day for episode 293. Our question was, when was Madison Square Garden, the current one, first built? When was the current Madison Square Garden built? And the answer to that question, you could have just said the year, but you didn't have to. You didn't have to name the entire date. Um, But February 11th, 1968, the current MSG was built. The current complex, 1968. But this episode, our NYY, NYK question of the day for episode 294, simply, who led the Knicks in points per game during the 2006-2007 season? Who led the Knicks in points per game during the 2006-2007 season? All right, let me know the answer. Who led the Knicks in points per game during the 2006-07 season? Whether that be on Instagram or Facebook, let me know via DM or the comment section once I publish the promo to this podcast on there. And we're good. I'll give you a shout out if you get it correct. Guys, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. I really do. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. This is episode 294 of the podcast. And um, we're going to get to it. We're going to get to the middle or the second half of this episode where Anthony, Leo, and I discuss UFC, boxing, and more. All right, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the episode, and I um, hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Let's get to it. All right. Little Dick cannot make it, but we are going. We are going to. Uh, my my neighbor's going to join. Your neighbor. Your. Okay. How about I met him? I'm going to invite him right now. Right. I don't. I don't think he. What'd you say? Where's Chuck at? Long Chuck ever come on? To, I know he's out to dinner tonight with his mother. Is that all right with you? Mm, yeah. Chuckles. No, chuckles. Where's Dingo Man at, ma'am? Yeah, for real. He ghosted me again. You're right. No, I forgot to text him. You know, give it to he probably don't even fucking remember. You know he can't get Zoom on his Nokia? <laughs> um, for real. <laughs> Fuck that. We'll get him. We'll get him someday. Mm. Okay. Uh, yes. I I unfortunately didn't watch any fights last night. It was uh. Did you see the replay from Jake? 
Yes. Oh my god. That was sus, man. Fuck me. Uh, that was sus. Fuck me. I was so fucking triggered. Did you bet money on it? I was gonna, but I didn't. Hey, Leo. I did last time. Yo. What up, Leo? What up, up, dude? What's going on, bro? He's my cousin, Anthony. Anthony, that's my neighbor, Leo. What's going on? Not much, man. About to watch this football game. Who's playing right now, the 8 o'clock game? Bucks Saints. Who? Saints? Saints Bucks. Oh, Bucks. I thought you said fuck the Saints. (laughs) No, the Saints versus the Bucks, yes. Okay. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, that uh, fucking he's a Dallas fan, Anthony. That Cowboys Giants game, man, was rough to sit. Who through. won that? Dallas. I mean, who else, bro? Ooh. Come on now. Hate to see it. Can't come <laughs> dude, on now, we, you know. I don't remember the last time we scored a fucking touchdown this <laughs> Listen, oh. Rob, you you guys went from Jason Garrett to Freddie Kitchens. I hope you guys know that. Yeah, <laughs> that's rough. Anthony's a Vikings fan. Um, yeah, we suck this year. No, that's even rough because they they should be better than where they are. Yeah, we lost a lot of close games. Would I you mean, you guys the- should have beaten us. You guys should've lost a lot of teams. <laughs> Lions. You guys lost to the Lions. Yeah, dude. How embarrassing. Oh, you well, play the, Car- uh, the Cardinals are in that list now. Playing tomorrow. Who we play tomorrow? I forget. Chicago. Oh, what the Knicks? No, the uh, the the Vikings play the Bears. I think the Vikings should win that one. I, I said the same thing. Then the defeated Lions just. Yeah, but you know what? The Lions play hard, so you know they're unpredictable. They had nothing to lose too, so. Yeah, I mean, also think about it. They they should have had at least more than a couple wins already. They should have yeah. beaten. They shouldn't beat you. They should have beaten you guys in Minnesota, which you guys kicked that field goal. Then they should have beaten the Rams, and then they should have beaten the the Ravens. But you know, freaking field goals. Yeah. So I mean, they're not as bad as people think they are. They're just um, they just play hard. All right, Leo. Let's let's get the elephant out of the room. Your fucking what? boy won again last night. He's five and uh... I don't give a shit about him. But, I mean, I was watching it, and it kicked out as soon as the knockout happened. And so yeah. he texted me. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And so I let's went talk, Let's back. talk some conspiracy here. Okay. okay. You start. Let's, some conspiracy Because I don't here. know. Let's hear this. Okay. Is this true that in his contracts, if the fighter knocks Jake Paul out, they don't get paid? Is that true? That's false. That's false. That's false. Where did you hear that? And I, that I just... Is- Dude, he from, put his left down, and he just got sucked. It was from, over. Uh, at, well, there, um, Co- like Covington, for example, had said something about that oh. and stuff. But I did watch the I did watch the glove the glove twitch, and a Listen. lot of people are saying that uh, they kind of planned that, but other people were saying Woodley was just anticipating a body shot. Dude, yes, it was. In a hundred percent, you see that that he was anticipating a body shot because if you see it, Jake was looking, he was swinging that way, but then Jake. You know, and say what you want about Jake. I mean, yes, Rob doesn't like him and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the dude's got a lot of power. I will give uh, you that. He's, he's got power for on that right hand. And he kind of knows how to use it. He's been training. 
a good amount of time now to learn that. And I'm not saying that he's this world champion because it's never going to happen with him. But he's a decent boxer for what he's doing right now. And it's working. You know, all he's just doing right now is promoting the shit out of himself and promoting the shit out of the fights. I mean, now, I mean, who can he fight now? I mean, you, Tommy Fury could, could happen again. But the thing is, I don't know because, like, Tommy Fury, I think now people in my opinion, are not going to want to see that fight because, A, he kind of embarrassed himself by the way that he, uh, the way that he got this fight nearly got postponed to get him to Tyron Woodley this fight because, you know, he, you know, apparently hurt his ribs and then he apparently had like some respiratory virus or whatever, RSV or whatever, which you know, I had it and it sucks, but I went to work and I was fine. So, I think it's just a bunch of hoopla. I just think Tommy maybe wasn't really entirely ready to fight Jake, and honestly, he probably would have lost that fight. But what do you uh, what do you think about Jake calling out Usman, Masvidal, oh, Nate that's Diaz? Oh, that's just Come that's on. just that, that's just stupid. I mean, I mean, I think all right. I think Nate Diaz makes sense because Nate's got one more fight in his contract, right? So Nate has to fight apparently one more, and then his UFC contract's over. And uh, Nate wants to, you know, Nate's fucking Nate. You know, he's, he, wants to, he wants the belt, which I think is just stupid at this point because Nate, Nate is just promotion right now. Nate is literally, call me crazy, but he's yeah. become Jake Paul. You know, he's, yeah. just be- basically, he's just basically, you know, using his mouth for promotion. And, hey, I'll, and he's the, the only thing that's different about him and Jake Paul is not many people like Jake Paul. A lot of people love Nate Diaz, so it kind of helps. But why, like, but why? Nate is not a belt or a championship contending fighter. I'm sorry, it's just but flat here's the, rule. like, why does it always have to be an MMA guy going over there? Why every single time, every single time? He has well, to clearly, I think Rob and maybe Anthony can 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 listen to this as well with what I'm going to say, is I just think he's just he knows that he can't really fight real boxers. Let's he be knows. honest. Yeah, he knows. That's He cannot. Him, I mean, if he, he could, Tommy was perfect because Tommy is, is similar to him in a way. He's, he's starting to become a boxer, right? So that they're kind of on the same level. Maybe Jake a little bit better than him because Jake actually knocks people out and like Tommy doesn't really knock out that many people. But it just makes sense to him fight UFC fighters because they're thinking, you know, oh, these are guys who are amazing athletes and okay, they have you know some ability to box, but I can win that those fights. He's not he's clearly not gonna fight people that he's gonna you know he could lose to. He's yeah. not gonna do that. Like you know now like sure. why he fucking picked Tyron Woodley. Because he knows he can beat him. Dude, I was so I was so upset. <laughs> The whole fight, I was—I don't know if you watched the whole fight. It was so boring. He was hugging I the saw entire the whole time. Fight. It was terrible. Tyron hugging. Woodley. I would. I would say I was about to write this down on my Facebook that hmm. Tyron Woodley should be embarrassed on this performance than he did in the first one, because in this one, it looked like he. It looked like he was going like he wanted to hug him. It looked like he was like, "Oh my God, I love you, Jake." Oh. Because, like, he didn't even hit him that hard. Like, 
the only time he actually hit him was like during the round where he got knocked out. When yeah. he realized that, oh, you know, maybe I don't, I'm not going to win this fight because if it goes to the decision, it's going to Jake's way. Because in a way, Jake, in my opinion, was winning that fight. And I don't know. It just Tyron Woodley is just washed. I think he really should really reconsider fighting again because, in my opinion, I think he's finished. He's 40 years old. Yeah, yeah dude, it's he's, over for him. He, he hasn't won a fight in. I, I, I don't think he has ever won a fight since freaking since the Harlem Shake was like the number one song in the country. Like it's been that long. <laughs> yeah. Here's my thing with Jake. He he all of his opponents are just out of their prime. Yeah. Like Ben Askren Nate, and Woodley. Nate Robinson, uh, dude, really? Oh, that's I'm not even gonna bring up Robinson. That okay, was but he, that was part the beginning, of though. all five guys he's fought. Um, not one of them have been a boxer in their prime. No. Well, Tommy was going to be the first one that could be yeah. like the real thing. And that's what I want to see. I know. I'll tell you what. If Jake beats Tommy, then holy crap, you know, yeah, he's legit. I'll give him credit. You know, for sure. I mean, he's still kind of legit because he did knock out Tyrone Woodley, but at the same time, Tyrone Woodley know. was he never, Tyrone Woodley was known for a heavy striker in the UFC, but his main thing was wrestling. He just had a heavy hand. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you this, though, man. Not only he knocked him out, he destroyed Tyron Woodley. That, that knockout put him to sleep. Dude, yeah. went straight, went straight night-night. That um, shit was crazy. I, all right. I want to I talk real quick about UFC, because it was a hell of a year, man, for UFC. They had a, it was yeah, a great year. For it is. Absolutely. And um, I was at Leo. I was down the street watching with you 269. Anthony, I don't know if you saw that card, um, the one me and you and Mike were talking about. But um, it was a good card. Uh, Oliveira took the win over Dustin with the submission. Um, then you had Amanda getting tapped. She tapped uh, by, to Pena. It was a hell of a card. So, Anthony, I don't know if you saw it. I saw the highlights of the Oliveira fight. Yeah. I was, was happy a, for him. It was a really good card. Um, yeah. Me too. Dude, so so, I think Dustin put something out on social media today saying he's not done and he wants to make another run for that title. Um, it'll be a third time. if he ever- I'm going to be honest with you, Rob. I think he definitely has a shot if he wins, a, if he wins his next fight because he's probably going to drop to maybe two or three. Maybe three. Because, you know, actually, you know, he might drop the three or four because I think number one would be Gaethje, two would be Bernil Daryush, and then three would probably be between him or or uh, Islam uh, Makashev, which I think, you know, yeah. the winner of that fight, the winner of uh, Bernil and, 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 Isma, and Islam would probably be the next guy up against, you know, obviously Gaethje would get the, the, the title shot right next. Probably that will be coming up anytime soon because I think Oliveira is quite healthy enough to fight soonish, maybe in like a few months or so, maybe. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think Dustin, if he wins, probably Dustin will probably fight the loser of the title fight, and maybe he'll bounce back from that, or he'll fight like maybe a Dan Hooker or some stupid shit like that because, yeah, in a way, you know, that kind of get him back to um into tight contention. But if I'm Dustin Portier, that's three times he's had a chance on winning a belt, and he's 0-3 in that chances. It kind of – I kind of see why he's kind of like 
at first was like, you know what, do I want to do this again? Because he's in he's in his mid thirties to late thirties. He's been in the sport for a long time. He's taken a lot of abuse. That that title fight. I mean, Anthony saw the highlights, so he could say this as well. I don't know if he sees it the same way I do. But seeing that fight, I you know the first round, yeah, you could say Dustin did pretty well, but then Oliveira just caught him in wrestling, which was kind of surprising because Dustin's a great wrestler. He's a great grappler. And he just got completely dominated in that. It wasn't even close. And then Oliveira just knew right away because he's so fucking smart he's as also a fighter. A black belt in jiu-jitsu, Oliveira. Yeah, and how smart he is because it's similar to like the Chandler fight when the when he yeah. uh fight for the belt. Chandler was like very similar to what Dustin was doing. He was just going very aggressive and and, and trying to knock him out. And then Oliveira just realized, all right, this guy's doing this and that. So I think I just have to attack him here and, and there and, and good night. Which also shows you how great Oliveira is as a fighter. He's but so but Dustin already got mauled in all three title fights. It wasn't even close. I mean, I mean, you could... he's already had himself a great career. He got his money with the two Connor fights, so he he's made the bank. Um, he he could probably be another one quits. coming up too. He could easily call it quits if he wanted to, um, but you know, I think he's got one more run in him. See if he can get it finally. I could see it, but I don't know. I think I, what do you hard. think, Anthony? I think it would be hard if he made one more run. To be honest. Yeah. I don't see him beating Islam. I, I don't see him walking through Gaethje. I think he can beat Gaethje, but at the same time, Gaethje is an animal, cardio machine, mm. great yeah. striker. So I would I would have to, you know, hope that Dustin could outgrapple Gaethje, but I mean Islam I just don't see him beating. Yeah. It was um and then the other one on that card, Amanda getting the she she didn't look like she had it. She didn't look. She you could see the look of uh, concern on her face. Um, if you were watching, I, it, well, she, Rob, Rob, just to, uh, remember this, and I think people forget about this. And I kind of had to revisit this because I was kind of shocked, like as you, as everyone was, how Amanda just got annihilated. Don't forget, she had COVID, right? Yeah, she had right. COVID. She and uh, what I've seen from a lot of these UFC fighters is. It's really tough to recover from COVID. You can ask guys like, uh, like uh, what's his face, uh, uh, Hasma Shumayev, who was co- considering retiring after sure recovering from COVID. It takes a big COVID. hit on your conditioning and your cardio. Yeah. Exactly. And you could tell that in that fight, she didn't look right. No, that's what I'm saying. You could see she didn't, she just didn't look like Amanda Nunes that we're used to. Um, yeah. She's also getting older in age. Yeah. She's also a mother. So it's yep. taken a lot of her time. I wouldn't be surprised if she fights one more fight and then maybe just call it quits. You don't think we're ever going to get the, the trilogy? No, never. I think that no. ended after that Pena fight. God damn it, man. I know. I wanted that. I've been wanting that because I love Valentina. And I think that would be a hell of a fight. It would make the money. It would be a hell of a draw. But um, oh, it'll be the biggest women's fight since since yeah. Cyborg and and Amanda. Yeah, where do you put that upset? Do you put it like because I know there are a lot. There's the GSP Sarah upset. There's I the, put it up there Rousey with the Rousey upset. Home, I, I didn't see anyone beating Amanda Nunez, man. Yeah, she I was know. like 
the Rousey. Dude, we were joking on the podcast last week about it, and you, you, you said you were telling me. Imagine uh, if you I should have bet down. money, man. I would have made yeah. a good little stack, dude. Hell yeah! <clears throat> you know what? You know what? I have to agree with with Anthony on this one. I think it's up there. I think it may be even number one in my opinion. I think it might be tied between between her that lost uh, Pena versus uh, Nunez and uh, probably uh, Sarah versus GSP because. As a as a fan of the sport, and I've watched I've watched that Sarah GSP fight when I was in my early teens, dude. Yeah. That was crazy because that was when GSP was GSP, right? Yeah. Like this was like this man is literally everybody was saying everybody was scared of GSP, right? Because he was just yeah. beating, he was just knocking motherfuckers out, and Matt Sarah from fucking Long Island, this fucking like gimli looking motherfucker just comes in and just freaking wrecks him he literally submitted him he knocked him out and everything it's just fucking beautiful to watch and that was just like holy shit and then you saw the rematch how easy gsp just completely destroyed him so like it just shows you it's up there it's up there um and holly holmes holly holmes and, and and rousey definitely deserved that because Anthony was saying that as well, and I think I agree with him on that because that one was a big one because that was when Ronda Rousey was like the biggest, not woman's fighter of all time, biggest woman's fighter in the in the game. But she was the biggest fighter in the in the in the game. Like a lot of a lot of people were tuning in to watch her fights because of how dominant she was with her armbar and shit. It was just like everyone's like, "Oh fuck this! How am I going to stop this girl?" But I then think this she's freaking self-destructive though. Yeah, she is. Well, you, know. you clearly saw it after after that loss. She never got back. Yeah. And then the the satisfied I ever saw was her versus Nunez. That was absolutely oh, just that was, that like was a the saddest thing I've ever tiger, seen. Dude. I felt yeah, really bad for Rhonda because I just knew that was going to destroy her. Absolutely. You know. It's like a chihuahua fighting a fucking lion. Like, what do you think is going uh, on? <laughs> it was she, she went to bad. WWE after that, right? <laughs> I yeah, but I don't even is she's doing that or I don't fucking know. Yeah, no, dude. Rhonda. Last time I I saw Rhonda, uh, Rhonda's living. Her husband is uh is Travis Brown, who's a former uh, yeah. MMA fighter. And uh, no, they they she just became a mother, so she wants to start she's, her family. She's so. got the money. She got yeah, she's good, good though. Yeah, she definitely got the money. She's she made a lot of money in WWE, and she made a good yeah. amount of money in UFC. And yeah. you know, just her being Ronda Rousey is uh, that helps. You know, she's a yeah. legend of the sport. So, I want to touch on Connor real quick because obviously he's still recovering and he he's expected to be back middle twenty twenty two. Do you think it's? Do you think he's just done from here? Do you think he's ever going to have another shot? At a title, do you think Dana will eventually just do it because it makes the money? I think he will for views. Yeah, for the money. If we're talking about from a sports perspective, I don't. I don't think going he back should and forth get with a, Oliveira yeah. on Twitter. I don't think he should just get a title shot. I don't think so. But, but for for like money wise, yeah, I mean, absolutely, that'd be a big draw. He definitely has a chance of winning. I don't count Connor out; like he's a great striker, but you know. When he went against Poirier, man, it was just it was one sided. No, but uh, you know what? I 
never always, I never count Conor McGregor out. Nah. Because a lot of times he would surprise you and you'd probably think this motherfucker still got it. In my, in my opinion, the second Portier fight was pretty close because Dustin really had to do uh, a transition where he had to do, you know, calf kicks, right? And that, that really fucked Connor up. And it yeah. still fucked Connor up because in the end, he broke his fucking ankle and, and two in the third fight. And clearly that does damage when you are freaking getting constantly kicked in what three rounds that fight lasted or two rounds so that takes a toll on your body and clearly he did not properly train himself for the third one with that so but in that fight that second fight dustin was in a was in a lot of trouble you know he was in a lot of uncomfortable situations in that fight and i thought going into that i said you know connor definitely could knock him out i just thought dustin did those calf kicks really saved him because then connor's defense just got you know weaker and weaker i would like to say it's he got a shot it'll be really tough because that division is so fucking stacked now yeah that top five is just ridiculous like you got you know Oliveira, you got geishi you got bernil daryush you got freaking Islam uh, Makashev. You got Dustin Portier. You even got fucking Dan Hooker or Dan Hook. Yeah, Dan Hooker in there. He's still fucking dangerous. Um, you still got a bunch of dangerous dudes in there. Don't forget Rafael Dos Anjos. He's clearly looks like he's drinking from the fountain of youth, and he's still looking <laughs> yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and if if he goes to welterweight, it's even tougher because then you're gonna have to fight. Guys like fucking Colby, you're gonna have to fight guys like Jorge Masvidal and Leon Edwards and, and Usman, and I don't even think he can win any of those fights. So in a way, it, I don't know what he's gonna do. Does he go back to 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 what you call bantamweight or where he or what you call uh, light? What's the one under lightweight? Light heavyweight. And then, no, it's light, light middle featherweight. Featherweight. Does he go back to featherweight? featherweight. He was, yeah, does he have a chance against Volkanovski? Maybe because he's a little bit bigger dude, than Volkanovski. Uh, the number two pound for pound right now in the rankings. I, I, don't, yes. I don't. I just don't see Connor. Just I don't know. I think his elite days are over. He definitely can't go to welterweight. <laughs> he definitely can't go to welterweight. No, no welterweight. He's fucked. He can't. Fight. Yeah. He can't. Fight that. Um. There was also. We have the first Mexican champion in UFC history. Brandon Moreno, baby. Brandon Moreno this year. That was a fun uh, little run he's been on. He's so he's, he's on the 270 card, I believe, right? Yeah, he's on this next fight. Yeah, he's in he, this next fight. Who is he going with? Again, uh, the trilogy with uh, with oh, Davidson Figueredo. Uh, oh, Figure, he's number – yeah, he's right under him. Okay, so it's a title Listen, fight. that division is fucking very light. It's Those guys are going to fight like four or five times. Like, it, that division's yeah. just fucking so light there. Yeah. Maybe he'll fight – maybe he'll fight uh, – Car France from the, the the New Zealander the, the New Zealand guy that knocked out fucking what's his face uh, Cody Cody uh, Garbrandt but like those two are clearly the best uh, fighters in that division and they're gonna fight a lot more and this one I'm gonna tell you right now is a toss up I, I don't I mean Brandon won that second fight and he was very that first one was so close I think maybe Davidson could win this one but it has to be like a submission 
Because if it goes to straight brawl, Moreno's going to win that nine times out of ten. Yeah, he's fun, dude. He's quick. Adolfo um, Vieira is on uh, 270. He's a multiple-time jiu-jitsu world champion. I've been following him for years. Oh, yeah? Is he yeah. On, yeah. on the undercard or is he on the main card? He's on the undercard. Okay. He's on the undercard. Nice. He's a good fighter. Yeah. And um, obviously the, the main event is 270. It's uh, Francis and Cyril Gaon, right? Yeah. Oh, fuck yes. I can't wait oh, for yeah. that fucking fight. That <laughs> fight is going to be one of the best fights of the year. I'm yeah, we were talking you. about that. We were saying how it's like power versus skill. With this with is the worst possible. Ma- this is the worst possible matchup for Nganu, in my opinion, because Siragan is so he's like an octopus. Like you, like you can't like you think this guy. The first off, you see this guy. He's so fucking big. He's maybe just as big as Nganu, but the thing is, he's so quick. And he's so good at submission. He's got power. He's got this. He's got that. And Gano's known for one thing, obviously. He's so fucking strong. So he's got his punches are like getting hit by a fucking sledgehammer. But the problem is, and Gano can take that because obviously, look what he did against Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis is the greatest heavyweight knockout artist in UFC history. Another one last and, night. <laughs> and, and yeah, he, he fucking destroyed Dukakis. And 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 what's his face? And look what he did to Derek Lewis. Just that just shows you like how scary good Zero Gun is. And in my opinion, Ngannou hasn't fought since he bought Stepe. He fought Stepe. And uh, and Francis has been at times can be distracted on out the, on the outside of the octagon because now you know he's the heavyweight champion of the world. He does take a little bit of the uh, the fame juice, I guess, that he's yeah. getting right now. And Cyril Gan is a guy that's just like he's just a fucking killer. This dude, yeah. this fight's <laughs> gonna be insane. This is gonna be an insane fight. I can't wait. Look at uh, Yo. Greg Hardy's opponent. His record Yo. in professional MMA is 59, 16, and one. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that is a lot of fights. <laughs> yeah. That's gonna be a fucking. You know what? <laughs> Greg Hardy. Hey, listen, Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy promote, should be on they, that fucking main card, man. They promote Greg Hardy really well in UFC. Yeah, I do. have to say that. The man. Know, I, listen, the man. The man not only beats up, uh, beats up everybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he beats up it. people on and off the octagon. Okay? Just say it. <laughs> yeah, the no contest was uh, his girlfriend. <laughs> that ain't count. I was waiting for somebody to break the ice. Um, uh, I, I was trying to, but I don't know how to say it correctly. You know? okay, I don't know why he's I, on that. I don't want to be canceled. <laughs> no one listens to this shit enough anyway. You're good. Um, oh, man. But yeah, man, it, it was a hell of a year. I'm excited to see where the UFC goes next year. It might be even better. Rob, uh, Rob, I have a yeah. question for you. And Anthony, I'll, I'll, I'll ask this to you, to you as well, both of you guys. What was the best fight of this year? Oh, fuck. Mm. Like, my favorite personal? What? It, in your opinion, what was the best fight that you've seen this year? Oh, we've man. seen a lot. So you, so I, I, I really both. enjoyed the Ortega-Volkanovsky fight. I thought that was intense. Even though, even though everybody knew Alexander Volkanovsky had it, I thought that was insane, the fact that he was getting beat up the entire time, but he finally had him in a choke and he almost got him to tap, but he never tapped. 
I thought that was one of the funner things I've ever seen. So I might go with that one. I personally liked Covington Usman too. I thought that fight was pretty close, and I think that was the closest Usman's ever gotten to losing, being the title, being a title holder. Yeah, that's that was. Yeah. You could definitely pick that one. There have been there have been so many good ones. What about you, Leo? For me, hands down, it's got to be Gaethje versus Chandler. That, that fight, was uh, fight of the year, wasn't it? Yeah, that to me was yeah. the craziest fight I've ever seen. That's a seen good choice. I mean, that's probably that probably beats out everyone. Yeah. That was, that was I trending I everywhere. Haven't seen, I haven't seen a fight like that, like recent, like in a maybe in like a like in a five year span. Yeah. Probably the bad the bad motherfucker fight when Nate was fighting Jorge. Because of like yeah. if that fight continued, that would have been like very similar to what Chandler and 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 Geishi fight was because those were like two dudes who were getting their asses whooped, but they still kept going and they were just beating the shit out of each other. That's what I think what the sport's all about. Just a lot of heart, courage, and sacrifice. And you know, those those two those two dudes put it on the line, dude. And that was an amazing fight. And that was a great card because that was the same card as the as Usman and and uh and Covington. So that was an insane card as you you and me can agree because then also Valentina fought that fight as well I think if I'm not mistaken and and we all saw how one-sided severely one-sided that fucking fight was so yeah do you guys think John Jones is going to make a comeback to the UFC yes (laughs) yes yes there's no no question about it but is he gonna do is he gonna do good in heavyweight that's the bigger question yeah, that's a big test because, uh, you know, because okay. the real test is, all right, <laughs> once they win that fight between uh, between Ngannou and, 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 and Gan, right? right? So those yeah. two, the winner of that fight, will probably have to fight Stipe again. Where's my video? Uh, and Can then, you guys see me? I, no. No, all we right. can't. Don't worry about it. I'll get it in a sec. Keep talking. Keep talking. So, like, all right, so as I was saying, the winner of Nganu and and and, and Gan will probably have to fight uh, Stipe Miocic one more time because I think Stipe will get a shot. I think Stipe will fight next. Yeah. And then probably after that, if John Jones is ready and 100%, I'll fight the winner of that fight and, and prepare because one of the things you got to understand is John Jones, yes, he's a, he's a fucking – messed up human being well let's say flawed human being to be nice and uh clearly has some personal issues but dana loves him because dana knows he can make a shit ton of money because you know john jones brings a lot of fans over a lot and he is the greatest mma fighter of all time people are going people are going to want to see him fight especially a heavyweight it'll be interesting that's what makes UFC different. It's, like, so political. Like, that would never fly in any other major league sport. Yeah. Like, Absolutely never. not. Not even in boxing either. Yeah, man. you know. So, I mean, eh, I get why he does what he's doing, Dana-wise. But, like, where do you draw the line? Like, Seriously, dude, it's tough. You know? Where you do you draw it, the it, line? It, it, it's a tough situation, man, because how can you say no to John Jones? You, I mean, you know, the, you John suspend Nick Diaz fighter of all time for he's smoking marijuana. You right. literally suspend Nate D- or Nick Diaz for smoking marijuana. And then you have John Jones with cocaine, 
a hit and run on a pregnant lady, DUIs, firearms charges, domestic assault. Like, listen, he he has Greg Hardy fighting there. That also tells you. Yeah. Oh man. You know. All right. So, the box, the, the, but also you have to give credit for Dana for what he's done because Dana will give the fights that we all want, right? Absolutely. Like everybody, everybody wanted to see. That's all he cares about. Too. He just wants to see a good fight. He doesn't care yeah. what you do. Because look at boxing. Like boxing, we've been clamoring now. Like for a good example, and Rob, I mean, he's kind of new into boxing. He has not followed boxing like he does with. With with uh, unlike with the UFC, you know he's always on UFC. But boxing, you know the heavyweight title, right? Everybody wants to see fucking either. Well, now Tyson Fury will. will everybody wants to see Tyson Fury fight uh, Usyk, right? The guy that beat Joshua, right? But obviously he's going to get that rematch against Joshua. And then Fury ended up having to fight Wilder, but we were close to getting a Fury Joshua fight, which I think that would have been one of the biggest fights. In boxing in a long time but we never got that because obviously there was some fucking some contract bullshit going on and like he has to fight wilder and clearly wilder is nowhere near the skill set of tyson fury and that third fight was fucking yes it was a really good fight in the end but it just we didn't want that fight and the same thing you could say about like other fights like javante davis and like or like Ryan Lope or Ryan Garcia, you know, obviously people want to see that fight because obviously Ryan Garcia is a great fighter, uh, very popular in, on social media, he's, but he's a really good fighter. He's got a great record. And Javante Davis is literally one of the top boxers yeah. in the world right now. And he hasn't really fought anybody really anybody good in a while. And that would have been a big fight. But clearly that fight was supposed to happen like three years ago and we're still waiting, right? Yeah. So that just shows you the flawness and and boxing and how great Dana is when it comes to putting in fights that we want to fucking see. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, so that's that's pretty much it. I only have a couple more minutes until I get kicked off because I don't have the pro version of Zoom. So we got to wrap. This oh up. wow! But um, but no, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate you both coming on. Um, it's gonna be a fun 2022 for the UFC. Uh, absolutely. I mean, they're kicking it off with. Naganu, and then yep. right after that, you got Adesanya. Yep, Izzy. Oh, Izzy had yeah. a hell of a year, too. Forgot to mention him. And Oh, um, yeah, he's fighting Bobby Knuckles, yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a That's fun time. That's a good fight. I'm very That's thrilled for it. And I have to – we really – we have to – we got to figure out a way to get to one of these events, man. All three yeah. of us, uh, we got to go. Um, stop betting on fucking fights. And, yeah, and, I got to start saving my money. Stop losing it on fucking bets. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Leo, um, you know, shout out your own podcast. I know you got Say No More podcast right now going strong. Get a lot of guests coming on it, and you're doing a great job there. So Say No More. You guys can find that on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, many more. Um, guys, thank, thank you, you so guys. much. Thank you, guys. I thank appreciate guys, it, Rob. Right. Appreciate you, Rob, and All thank right. you for giving a shout out to Say No More. All right. Let me end it. All right, guys. So that was the episode with Anthony, Leo, and I. Um, that was the second half of this episode, 294, where we just discussed some UFC, uh, some UFC, some boxing, and some of the NFL at the top of the show. Uh, but hope you guys enjoyed that conversation we all just had. And, uh, you know, it, it was a fun, fun year for, for sports, but it was a really fun year as we discussed for MMA. You know, I'm excited for 2022. 
and um, it's going to be really cool. You know, as a, as a again as a relatively new fan to this sport, I, I can't help but to show my excitement. You know, so and and I hope, like I've been saying, to make it someday. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed episode two ninety four of BD four, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Again, if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts. You can watch us on YouTube. Follow me on social media: Facebook RJ Carbone, Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Subscribe, follow, share with your friends, download the podcast, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, comment on YouTube, like it, share it, all that fun stuff. Also, guys, I've got a blog. I work for UltimateSportsNetworks.com. And if you go to UltimateSportsNetworks.com and you search the Bomber Bocker blog, you'll find my blog. And my blog consists of, right now, Nick's articles. Um, So if you want to subscribe on there, go and do that right now but make sure if you subscribe to my blog for the benefit of you only use my promo code to get your discount so if you go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com search the bomberbacher blog and subscribe to that blog using code 6A2841ERJC you get a discount 7.99 a month 6A2 841-ERJC for a discount $7.99 a month on the Bomberbacher blog located at ultimatesportsnetworks.com Guys, thank you for listening to BD4. Again, hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope you enjoyed my ranting on the Knicks at the top of the show. And then I hope you enjoyed the second half of the show where Leo, Anthony, and I discussed UFC, boxing, and some NFL. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. And I'll see you next time. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.